Attention, Midwest firefighter. Attention, Midwest firefighter. We have a large wildland fire reported west of town near the Smith residence. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Midwest Firefighter Podcast. I'm Aaron Green, and we're going to continue where we left off last week. We've got Dell here in the studio. Kelsey, you had something on your mind. Um, one thing that you were talking about was training. Um, and training for all your regular calls are important too, but training on, on how your radios actually work is about just as important as everything else. I would agree with that statement, Kelsey. Uh, integrating uh, radio communications into your uh, whatever training you're doing on your department. If you're doing, a, you know, a structural fire response. If you're doing a wildland fire response. If you're doing auto extrication. You know, whatever it is. Um, you know, figure out some way. Um, you know, you hear about uh, you know kind of the darker side, but you know, active shooting type incidents and things like that. Uh, you know, uh, that's not probably the place that you want to learn how to, you know, do radio comms, you know, and, and you certainly don't want to have a communications breakdown and something like that. Uh, but uh, on the lighter side, uh, you know, the uh, you guys had a serious school bus accident down here not too long ago. And uh, I can only imagine what uh, radio communications were with trying to you know, order in different resources and things like that. Because when you add the medical component, you've got helicopters coming in, you've got law enforcement, uh, and then you've got parents who are very highly concerned about their children uh, being on that on that bus. Um, how you're, you know, how you're going to manage all of that? I can only. I wasn't on that call, so I don't know. But I've responded to a few things out on the interstate in my years and. It can get very complex very quickly. It was it was pretty hectic there at first, and it took us just a little bit to get in the groove of things. But once we got in the groove, it it started to flow pretty good. And for the most part, the parents they were they were very cooperative. Most of them just kind of stood back, let everybody do their job, to do what they needed to do. And then as we told them, hey, yep, they're going to be transported to the hospital, then they they moved on to the hospital. So, I mean, that side of stuff. I just can't thank the parents enough for being that cooperative. Usually you don't have that kind of cooperation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we did have helicopters try and call us on the radio um, about the same time that the ambulances were, were uh, heading to the hospital. So that kind of complicates some things there, but I think we're, we're working on trying to get that stuff straightened out. So we're growing. That's the important part is to learn from those uh, situations. Um, the same thing that we're doing, you know, up up in our agencies uh, with the four departments in the county. Um, how do we work together better? You know, how do we find commonality? You know, uh, we've assigned uh, VTAX, so the incoming agency knows that my agency is going to be operating on VTAC twelve. They don't have to ask. Yep. You know? uh, so. They can switch to that, and then they will be able to get a hold of somebody from our agency uh, in that command role or staging officer or whatever. Yep. So 
finding those commonalities. I, I heard some talk a while back about the helicopters. Most of them operate on the UHF frequencies mainly, um, but uh, they're putting some, uh, the, the VMED 28 and 29, I believe they were talking about installing VMED 28 so that for those agencies that operate on VHF, they, they would have that capability. So I think this is actually starting to, uh, you know, in a communications realm, uh, it's taken a little while to get here, but these incidents are getting big enough. Uh, resources are being called. People are working together more, and they're trying to find that common ground to be able to, uh, you know, communicate uh, effectively. So it's it's a it's it's actually a great place to be in, um, and and you know, in the fire service, we're inherently we're, we're problem solvers, and and it it looks like we're you know we're we're doing just that we're you know making things a little bit better for the future generations, maybe make it easier for them. They they won't have to establish all of this stuff because it's already established. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of goes back to why we kind of created this podcast is leave the fire service in a better place than when you first got here. I would agree with that, Kelsey. Um, like I said, some of the old mentors and things that uh, helped me get started in the fire service and still help me, uh, that, was, that was their goal as well, was to leave the fire service better uh, than when they got in there. And uh, by and large, uh, to a person, they have all contributed something to the fire service. Yep. Touched a lot of lives. So on your department, what are some uh, some of the ideas that you might give some of our listeners for training um, to involve communications? Or do you integrate that integrally in every training we actually try to integrate it into, you know, each training, whether it's on a mobile in the truck or a portable radio. Uh, most of your radios are going to have uh, some form of a, a tactical frequency to go to, a VTAC, a V-Fire, you know, something uh, that you're not talking on your main dispatch frequency that you can practice with. And so we'll have them switch over to that. Uh, some of them, uh, we, we've actually got some dispatchers on the department and uh, uh, they can act in a dispatch role. Sometimes we put a firefighter in a dispatch role just so they get an idea of all of the bombarding information that's going to be coming back at them. Yeah. Uh, so we, we do try to integrate that. Um, that's a good idea. We've found some interesting, you know, things with, with our communications. Uh, uh, I've got a mobile repeater that I can fire up in my command rig and uh, utilizing that with one of the VTACs, uh, we had some uh, we had some uh, uh, crossover issues. Uh, one of the frequencies matches, and so I couldn't use that other frequency. But I you know, I didn't realize it at the time when we built it. So uh, now I know, and in my comm plan, I I don't use that other VTAC when we fire up that mobile repeater. So. Some of those little things I, that you find out. Iron the kinks out yeah. in training. And yep, yep. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the mobile repeater, uh, that's one of those uh, little things that I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to. Uh, I did a lot of research, and, you know, we, we actually built it. Um, 
and uh, utilize it for, you know, a lot of those canyon fires, things like that, where maybe you can't talk on a five-watt portable canyon to canyon, uh, you know, park that command truck up on a ridge someplace, and then those crews that are operating in those canyons can, can extend their comms and they can actually talk. So uh, just improving resources and capabilities, and then, like I said, it's in the command truck, so I keep a bank of portables in there as well programmed for those so if i was asked to say come to imperial i would have that full capability hand you a portable hand aaron a portable in another canyon and you guys can still talk nice so was that kind of a uh developed out of an action after action report on on some fires that to, to shore up some weaknesses yes aaron um you know uh geographically um you know, you guys have some hills and canyons down here. Uh, we're right on the edge of the sand hills up north, and we've got some deep, you know, deep canyons, yeah. long canyons. Uh, geographically, sometimes the, uh, you know, the radios are just not going to be powerful enough to bend over the horizon and get there. So we've done a lot of research and trying to figure out the, again, the capabilities and limitations of those, uh, of the radios that we use and uh, make them better. And that's actually one of the things that came out, Aaron, from an after action was we couldn't talk from this canyon to this canyon. How do we improve that? Well, we improved it. You know, that's that's a very good thing to take back. I mean, I've been in AARs, and we've, you know, communication is always touched on Mm -hmm. in every after action report. But um, I don't think a lot of people take it that next step further and say, okay, if we, if this is our deficiency, what are we going to do to fix it? Right. Well, um, the, uh, the, the, the radio experts, um, you know, for years we would purchase a radio and they would program it and we would put it in an apparatus and, you know, you key it up and talk, and then you'd get on a call, and there was some deficiency. There was some little issue. There was something. Um, nope, the radio's functioning fine. It must be how you're using it, you know, whatever, right? Um, and not being negative with, you know, any you know anybody in the industry whatsoever. Um, but you start doing your research on, say, that particular radio. Well, this radio should do this. Why won't it do that? Well, that's the next step that you're talking about that I took. And that was, you know, well, probably seven, eight years ago, I started reading a lot of books and I bought cables and I bought software and I started programming radios myself. And I learned what the capabilities of those radios are and what you can do with them and what you can't do with them. So <clears throat> not saying that everybody has to go to that extreme, but do your due diligence, do your research, make sure that when you're talking to subject matter experts, they're not just trying to sell you the next latest, greatest radio. They're actually trying to solve your problem and they're listening to you actively listening and making sure that they are hearing you to solve whatever problem you have with your comms. It could be something as simple as uh, putting an extender out on a, on a fence post in a canyon to, to increase your uh, radio coverage, you know. Yeah. But uh, they may want to sell you all brand-new radios because, you know, these are 6-watt instead of 
fives or fours yeah. or whatever, you know. So, yeah. you know, do your research, do your due diligence. I've got one other question here. Touch just a little bit on how um, personal relationships with the people on your department um, affect the communication style that you, you use to talk to or to communicate with them. So intrapersonal communications, Aaron, is that what you're yeah. asking me about? Okay. Um, I, I would say that's that's actually a, a very, very important aspect. Uh, you know, I consider my members to be family. And, uh, you know, historically the fire service has always been more of a par- paramilitary organization. You know, uh, I'm the chief. You do what I say. Don't ask questions. And I try not to uh, portray that. You know, I, I try not to be perceived that way. I want to have an open door. Uh, so when I'm communicating with my members, uh, I try to make that a positive interaction. You, know, you, can, you can make the interaction how you want. Uh, I'm not always successful. A lot of times my facial expressions will will betray me <laughs> and the words don't match the facial expression. So I'm, I'm working on that to, to, uh, uh, have a, a more positive, uh, interaction with my members. Um, say, uh, my wife is also on the department. She's the auxiliary president. Okay. Um, so that is one intrapersonal, uh, that's a interaction, special that, one, yeah, very, very special. Um, we we kind of have a deal uh, inside the fire station. I'm the boss. Anywhere else, she's the boss. That's <laughs> that's kind of how she looks at it. And how I, does that work out for you? Well, I I live my life that way, and I'm a happy, happy man, Kelsey. <laughs> but, but. No, no, she's uh, she she's a very dynamic uh, leader in her role on the auxiliary, and. Um, our, our communications are sometimes very abrupt. Uh, you know, I don't have time to, you know, worry about whatever food she's bringing out to the fire or whatever. That's a detail that she worries about, you know, and I'm not going to micromanage that. She likes to check in and make sure that, you know, is this okay? Well, I'm fine with whatever you decide, dear. You're the auxiliary <laughs> president. You just... So I've had to... I've had to adjust my presentation to her a little bit. I, I was too abrupt with my with my own wife, and that's just not acceptable. You, you can't be that way uh, with the other members on the department. Again, I uh, sometimes that facial expression or that body language will will uh, uh, give you away that you're maybe a little more irate than your voice is letting on. So you're saying you don't always have a smile on your face? Not always, Kelsey, but I try. <laughs> I really do. No, we we want to make positive interactions wherever we can. If somebody, you know, has a, uh, say there's, uh, you know, a, a deficiency, you know, maybe it's a training issue, somebody needs a talking to. Um, you know, you're not going to dress them down in front of a, in front of the crowd. That, that's, that's not ever been positive in, in, I didn't like it when I was a firefighter to be yep. singled out in front of a group. Yep. So uh, I'm not going to do that. Yep. How, how do they say it? Uh, you praise in public and criticize in private? Yes, Aaron, that's a great way to put it. 
And and I try to live that uh, in a leadership role. um, You know, again, that paramilitary organization, uh, the buck's got to stop with somebody. And that that somebody should be the chief of the department. Um, So if the call goes really, really well and uh, we're successful and, you know, they're, they're raining flowers down on the parade when you come back to town, that's the crew. They, they deserve all the credit and all the accolades, okay? But if, you know, somebody ran over Mildred's cat on the way to the fire, that's on the chief. Yep. That's, they've got to accept that responsibility. So, um, and then those things do kind of fall under communications. Uh, you have to know how to deal with the angry public when they show up at your office and say, this call did not go quite as well as I would have liked it to. Yep. So. Well, and, and that sometimes you don't have a lot to work with. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we've all been on those calls where it's going to be a loser no matter what you do. So you do the best that you know how to do and uh, bring everybody home safe and uh, draw that situation to a conclusion as successfully as you can. You know, uh, whether it's giving up ground, uh, you know, whatever it is. But, um, you know, life safety is one of those things you're never going to compromise on. You're always going to, you know, make that uh, make that valiant effort to do whatever you can do. But there are certain calls that um, you're going to have to weigh those options and make sure that uh, you're making a sound decision with all the information you have that we can't do anything here. Yep. Wonderful. Well, Dell, I I really enjoyed our conversation tonight, and I think it, we probably should wrap it up here. Um, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, I'm I'm on Facebook. Uh, they can reach out there. Uh, they can call the fire station. Uh, I've got my cell phone number. I can give you that. Um, Email. Uh, I'm really lousy about checking emails. Uh, my bosses hate that. Okay. I, they send me stuff, and I don't check it very often. Get it about three weeks later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> something like that. But uh, the one email that I do check more diligently would be, uh, uh, it's my name, delsim10 at gmail.com. So D-E-L-L-S-I-M-M-1-0 at uh, gmail.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dell, and we really appreciate your participation tonight. I uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I think you guys are going to do a, a really good thing with this podcast, and and uh, hopefully, I don't drive listeners away. And I'm looking forward to coming back uh, on the show again sometime. We look forward to having you. Well, th- thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, if you want to subscribe, like. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to drop us an email at themidwestfirefighter at gmail.com.